0: This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all, welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. But these days, with not a lot of test cricket being played, and a lot of T20 cricket, both being held and about to be held, I think we should start calling ourselves, you know, sure critics of the game who are focusing on T20 cricket. I'm your host, Ajit. And I have my co-host, Giri, with me. Hi, Giri.
1: Hi, Ajit. How are you doing? Long time.
0: Well, things are pretty steady, must be said. Both on and off the field, as they they put it.
1: Well, what you said about us being armchair critics of the game and focusing on Test Cricket or rather T20 Cricket, as you said, I think we have become, because of the lack of Test Cricket, uh, we are forced to follow T20 Cricket, right? So, and unfortunately, so even IPL. I mean, we remember last year with the Corona pandemic, uh, we had lack of cricket uh, during the early part of the summer. We had hardly anything. And then after many years, we started... At least I started following IPL and it was fun, I have to say. And this year also, I think (laughs) there was not much cricket around uh, during the IPL window, which was moved, of course, the second phase of the IPL, which was actually quite, quite nice. I mean, it was not the traditional uh, 200 plus games that we had a lot. We didn't have a lot of them. Did we have even one 200 plus game in this IPL? I doubt it. I think the highest was probably close to the final uh, we had. The final was the highest total in the second. Year. Yeah. So, did you have fun watching it? Did you follow the IPL?
0: Yes, I did. So, I think let's get into it then. So, you know, after the last episode, I think there were the four, uh, the deciders as far as, you know, a couple of qualifiers, a knockout and uh, the finals. So, what are your thoughts, Giri? I think you saw the uh, first qualifier closely. I think uh, your favorite player finally came good.
1: Yeah. He's a born winner, right? So he's always been a born winner. He has won so many tournaments in his life. I don't think he even... We can even uh, start counting that. But it was very nice to see Dhoni of old, you know, uh, come back to life again and finishing that game against uh, Delhi Capitals. You can say the old warrior against his young pretender, right? Rishabh Pant. Uh, It seems like Delhi Capitals ran out of ideas towards the end and they were completely... uh, decimated by Dhoni. Dhoni's, uh, I have to say, that was his old magic. It brought me, you know, it brought back old memories of him. I think it was probably in West Indies. He took it upon himself to score about 20 runs in the final over. You remember that one-day match? And I think he was down, he was playing with the last man. I think it was nine down, India was nine down or eight down. I can't remember. Yeah, it, it brought back old memories. It was very nice. He's now 40. He's still going strong, uh, to be honest. There were, of course, talks of retirement, imminent retirement. Everybody keeps talking about Dhoni's retirement, but Mm -hmm. looks like he's going to continue for some more time. Yeah, I think Dhoni uh, was fantastic, uh, even behind the stumps. So he had a very good IPL this year, I have to say. But yeah, Delhi Capitals, I have to say, you know, they looked very nice. They were really peaking. They were probably peaking a bit too early, in my opinion. So they did lose a few matches uh, even before I think right so even before the qualifiers I think they lost a match even against RCB if I'm not wrong Exactly. <laughs> and of course we were expecting a lot from RCB like every year right whatever <laughs> uh, so it looks I mean I think RCB uh, disappointed everybody uh, all their fans uh, they they probably ran out of steam just like they did last year so but a very good turnaround from KKR though. I think the KKR were languishing uh, at the end of the India leg and they came back really strongly in the uh, UAE leg. So they were quite good towards the end and they picked up a lot of steam at the fag end of the tournament. And then they won all the important games and they won some of them you know, very convincingly to uh, increase their net run rate, which actually uh, made the difference between them and uh, Punjab, Kings. Uh, Punjab Kings. I think Punjab Kings were... Breathing down their necks. so so KKR, I think, deservedly were the the finalists. I have to say, so uh, having won against RCB in the first knockout, uh, they did play against um, you know CSK in the finals, but uh, it was uh, yeah, it was a good match in the end. But um, yeah, Dad's Army won it again, <laughs> just like well, that
0: two years ago. You would call them the Dad's Army. I I would too. There are enough players here in this 11, uh, you might think, you know, who might not get picked up in the next coming mega auction. People like Fafty Plessy probably have one or two good years left. And maybe not, uh, you know, uh, many teams might want to invest in a large price if he has a large base price or something. But him, Ambati uh even to an extent, Suresh Rana, I think, right? On the other hand, Suresh Rana might be given the captaincy of a team like the previous time it happened. But Dhoni definitely himself will probably not put himself in the auction by the looks of it. He wouldn't want to put uh, his own owners or any other team in a very tough position where he might be just chosen based on a sentimental value. I think, according to me, he's going to walk into the sunset. Right? And what better way to go? He just won, uh, let's say, the biggest T20 tournament in the world. Right? And uh, he's done it for the fourth time. He, well, His team was banned. They made a comeback and they won it twice since they've come back. So, it's, it's all sort of a fairy tale as far as Dhoni the player as well as Dhoni the captain is concerned and Even when you look at the games, right? So, the way he finished that game, scoring 18 of six, he showed that the the old fire is there. And who knows? As they say, sometimes, you know, it burns the brightest before it's about to be extinguished or Mm -hmm. or about to go off. It could be just that. I I pretty much think Dhoni the player will not be seen. Next time onwards, next season onwards, it's going to be Dhoni the mentor. Eventually, maybe Dhoni the coach, right? He's already Mm -hmm. taken on a mentoring role with the Indian cricket team for the upcoming World Cup. It shows what... uh, what he's thinking or where his thoughts are, right? So, you know, when it comes to these sort of things, uh, Dhoni sort of keeps his cards very close to his chest, as they say, but... He
1: always does, yeah.
0: Yeah. So it looks like, well, writing is on the wall and yeah. he he very well might extend it, but I think uh, he will probably not. But when you look at the rest of that team, people like Robin Utaba gave, you know, people who might be looking into the auction a timely reminder. He still has a couple of good years and as an Indian player, probably, uh, he might yeah. be given a chance. If you look at it, same for Ambati Riyadu, right? And then, the core of the CSK team, sort of, you have Ruthu Rajkai Quad, Shardul Thakur, Ravindra Jadeja, right? These people will probably stay and they'll, they'll be the ones who might be retained or retained on a, you know, value match of the right-to-match card. And, uh, that looks really good. And, uh, around it, they have always had a very strong Indian core. They again build a very strong Indian core. I think people like Gautam, you know, who didn't play in the second uh, leg. There is also Cheteshwar Pujara. Let's not forget him, right? <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. So, we look, didn't Pujara see him play. Sort of in an IPL. I don't care. He won an IPL, <laughs> right?
1: This guy, who... as you say, Gumpal Govinda in Canada, Gumpal Govinda.
0: Indeed, indeed. But look, you are a part of the team. That was not your fault that you didn't get to play, right? It's management's decisions. And he's won the IPL, right? And, uh, look, they beat uh, the best other team out there in IPL. It must be said, probably the best team in the IPL this season, no. you know, Delhi Capitals. The moment ruthuraj Gaikwad and Fafdu Plessis set their stall out, you could see ruthuraj Gaikwad was dismissed, but uh, it, 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 was, it was tough. So, at least Avan Morgan really did juggle all the bowlers very well. He started off with a spinner, sort of trying to keep um, Fafdu Plessis quiet. But then Rutharaj Gaikwad did the hitting at the beginning. 50-plus he was going at strike rate of 105. By the time yeah. Rutharaj Gaikwad was dismissed, but so nicely for him to switch gears, right? So it was where they won the game for me is in the middle overs between seven and 15, where you know they continuously targeted. Narayan probably got got away with it. He was also hit for a couple of big shots, but he got away with it. Mainly the people who suffered were Varun Chakravarti and Shaki Balasan, right there. The strike spinners usually strangle most uh, teams and they got away. And then, of course, Moin Ali came in and then Robin uttap also set the stage beautifully, scoring at more than a strike rate of 200. He was in good form and he showed that. Moeen Ali came in and did pretty much the same. And Fafdi Plessy himself picked up very nicely from, let's say, being 28 of 26 or something like this to 86 of 59. That's fantastic, fantastic effort from Fafdi Plessy and Lockie Ferguson. Varun Chakravarti, Shivam Mavi, I think was sort of came out unscathed, and Sunil Narayan, the really experienced campaigner that he's came away unscathed. But the rest of all of the bowlers, right? They were put to sword. You can see that. And then in any final, having to chase 193, you know, nearly nine and a half, nine point seven 9.7 runs an over, that's not going to be easy. So it must be said Shuman Gill and Venktesha have begun very well. Shuman Gill would probably feel a bit uh, you know underdone by not being able to pick up. He could have played pretty much the 50-plus-y role, but he couldn't, right? But the moment Vente Shayer was dismissed and you knew their regular number three or number four, Mr. Rahul Tripathi was unavailable, they were in trouble. So eventually, the big total had to say and it had to come into the equation and it did. And they had a list of single-digit scores and even though Lockheed Ferguson and Shima Mohammed hit out, they brought the, you know, the losing margin to quite a little... That was a comfortable victory, right? And then, so a lot of credit goes for me to Josh Hazelwood and Deepak Chahar, who did a pretty decent job. They never let, you know, KKR completely, completely get away with it. And then Shardul Thakur, he had a nightmarish 19th over. No, no hiding behind that. But until then, he had done all the damage. He had taken those two crucial wickets. And then you had Dwayne Bravo's experience and Jadeja, who's, you know, who will give you one or two wickets on most days. And he was able to do that. And that was that, you know... Uh, a word must be mentioned for uh, your favorite team, Royal Challenges, Bangalore as well. Any Yours any too. sad? Oh, mine too apparently. But any sad <laughs> thoughts or any happy thoughts?
1: No, actually, I am quite happy this time mm. that uh, Virat Kohli is stepping down. I already asked for this couple of seasons ago. Mm-hmm. I thought Virat Kohli should have been, uh, you know, should should actually abdicate the throne of uh, the captaincy. Mm. Um, uh, but i don't know who his successor will be that's going to be interesting they don't have a core, sti- core team like you said in csk uh, they don't really have a good uh, contingent of indian players they do but yeah i don't see any big match winner there somebody like jadeja
0: look in Srikar bharat and uh, mohammad siraj jaisimha chahal that is your core if you want to look at an indian core and of course there's Devadat padikal right that's a core that's a for me it's a good enough indian core so, you have these four people and probably, as you say, Harshal Patel, you wouldn't want to let go. He's just had purple the purple cap, cap taken. Yeah. Right? Most number of wickets ever, he's actually equaled that. Uh, um, but that he's record, taken but... a couple
1: of matches less than Dwayne Bravo.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Four matches less. Yeah. So, that's really well done. And I think they let go of a catch in his last over. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Yeah. So, anyway, look. In this case, they were outmatched by Kolkata United States in that game and they couldn't finish strongly. That was very unfortunate. And if, even if they had 150, you know, you felt they had enough of a chance to win the game. Yeah. But it was not to be. And I dare say now they can really aspire to win the tournament sometime if Kohli steps down as the captain. Yeah. Look, I appreciate him, what he's done for Indian cricket. But within the franchisee cricket, I don't have a whole lot of respect for Kohli, the skipper. Right? And or it's probably him or not enough of a team management around him. I don't know what was the problem, but they kept backing different sort of people whom it was not conventional to see those people being backed. The only punt that they took and that came off was Glenn Maxwell. This season, they backed Glenn Maxwell. They gave him the right kind of, let's say the team uh, spirit as well as you know the backroom, uh, giving him the right kind of probably freedom, it must be said. That he, he he's come good. I think we can see big things for this team, but well, we've hoped and failed for the last 12-13 years, right? So maybe we should keep this in a little bit of a realistic way rather than being over the top. Oh, they're going to win the trophy now. You know, I saw I saw a poster, very typical RCB fan. So the poster said <laughs> that's what the poster said. That literally means the cup is ours this time and if you miss, it's yours. Right? So a diehard RCB fan. So nice to see. But overall, again, a very, uh, must be said, a successfully conducted IPL, uh, given mm. all the things that, that all the pressure that there was and all the uh, circumstances surrounding yeah. how it was moved to uh, the Middle East. Very well done.
1: Yeah, but it's also a very nice transition, I have to say, to the T20 World Cup that's also going to be held in the UAE and uh, in Oman. Right, so the players are already there. They're acclimatized. So I think this actually might be a blessing in disguise for many of the players. Um, so Indeed. especially those players who played in the IPL will be, I think, I, I have to say, they will be at an advantage over those who will join in a, a few days later. So,
0: most definitely, so, yeah.
1: I think Indian players, most of them were already there, so they have some sort of uh advantage. And you don't see a lot of players from Pakistan, Sri Lanka, you know, those guys are not there yet, so. <laughs> although they are playing uh, warm up games right so sri lanka i think is playing warm up right
0: yes yes sri lanka are playing warm up along with oman uae you know netherlands as well as namibia so well the qualifier begins uh, from tomorrow that is the 17th of october teams are already out there playing uh, warm ups between among themselves but speaking of pakistan you know pakistan also recently completed a national t20 tournament just mm-hmm. to give their players a good warm up so this was won a second time in a row by Khyber Pakhtunkhwa, who was led by their captain. You know, he made a wonderful match-winning uh, contribution. So he was not only the man of the match in the final, but he was also man of the series. So Iftikhar Ahmed, who sort of you know teased as or who was teased as misbehaved blue, blue-eyed boy, and he kept getting selected in spite of not doing well. So he's shown his value here at least that uh, you know he scored 45 of 19 and took a uh, three three wicket haul, uh, considering just five runs in the final and there were a lot of whispers that why did the pakistan board select somebody like shoaib malik ahead of this guy it's a like for like you see a middle order strong middle order hitter who bowls offspin. the only thing is probably the calm head shoaib malik brings to the to the team overall the team ethos and the team backroom as well that's what probably why he was chosen because shoaib Maksood, the other middle order batsman who was chosen had to be uh, withdrawn because of an injury and so, they opened a backup and they immediately put Ashwab Malik's name there. And Fakhar Zaman, so this is the Pakistan squad. So, they have finally made some changes there. So, Fakhar Zaman has been chosen and uh, Haider Ali also has been chosen showing, uh, seeing a strong showing there. And, well, Mohammed Hasnain, who was in the squad, and Azam Khan, who is uh, a keeper backup, has been have been withdrawn. And uh Shah was dropped to the results list, but, uh, you know. Two deserving names. One we have already discussed, as Shoy Malik. The other one was Surfraz Ahmed, has been drafted into the squad. So, I think these wizened heads, former captains, a lot of experience under the belt. You know, they would do well because they would not only, you know, support the captain. And now they suddenly have a new coach, a uh, coaching setup in place, right? Because Misbah and Wakar uh, decided
1: to withdraw. There's been quite have, a lot of. They have uh, Hayden, right? Hayden in the ranks, right? So Hayden yeah. will be there. Batting coach, right? Batting consultant? What is it called? Yes.
0: Yeah, he's a batting consultant. Indeed. So they have some very good experience also in their backroom staff now. And they're an exciting squad. Never write Pakistan off. That's the oldest story, isn't it? Never write them off. So that's going to be the case. Speaking of some other T20 World Cup changes, right? So you have uh, also you had a little bit of uh, last minute uh, up and down for Afghanistan because Afghanistan had to revise their World T20 squad a little bit with Mohammad Nabi given the leadership role because uh, Rashid Khan decided to step down. He was not happy about the composition of the squad. He said he was never consulted, right? So they've also sort of firmed up their squad before the qualifiers can begin. And of course, look, India themselves made a change. Shardul Thakur was put in the squad in place of Akshar Patel. Mm. And they have as many as eight people who've been retained some some nice names, Umran Malik, the yeah. fast bowler who was discovered. Avesh Khan, who did really well. Harshal Patel, right? So even batsmen like Vente Shire and then so a couple of spinners, right? A trio of spinners. All of these have been retained in the as supporting staff or people who can assist the team, right? So that's interesting. But for me, the main thing is that Akshar Patel has been put in reserves along with Shreya Shire and Deepak Chahar. And Shardul Thakur has been put in the squad do you have any theory on why this might be
1: i think shardul thakur has that uh, golden touch so everything he touches is turning to gold <laughs> since that australia tour uh, and he you know he also won the ipl with uh, uh, chennai super King. so he's coming off fresh off that uh, uh, trophy win so he, he might bring some batting ability there as well towards the uh, lower order lower batting order so he, he can be a difference but yeah, I'm also a little bit surprised. They could have given Akshar Patel. I think Akshar Patel was a surprise omission uh, in the primary squad. Um, so, the other important thing, I think, is why Shardul Thakur might have been included is because they needed another medium pacer or a seam bowler. So they, who, how many do they have? They have Bumrah, they have Siraj, and who else? I think Bhoneshwar Kumar is there, isn't it? I thought he was not there. But anyway, so I think they had only three main uh, front-line uh, seamers and then they needed one more probably.
0: It's more like uh, I think he's been chosen to replace or if required, take the place of Hardik Pandya. If they have planned to play Hardik Pandya as only as a batsman <laughs> who can't bowl, right? I think they have put Shardul Thakur as, as you say, he can be the third seamer or the second seamer.
1: I don't know what is going on with Hardik Pandya though. So uh, is he there in is he in there as a batter or is he there as an all-rounder what is his role actually so because he played for mumbai as we saw and i Only don't as think a batter bo- yeah so then you have more people who can actually do that even venkatesh ayar can do that venkatesh ayar bowls medium pace and he's a very good uh, hard hitting top order batter so
0: uh, among the fast bowlers we missed a big name much shami
1: Mohamed shami so, yes of course yeah
0: they are covered fast bowling wise i think the tournament is paced well enough that they will not stress so they have Jaspit bumrah yeah. Dhuneshwar Kumar and Mohammad Shami. And in theory, if Hardik Pandya can bowl, they wouldn't probably need uh, Shardul Thakur. But as you say, it's probably the golden touch as well as his ability to become a backup for somebody like Hardik Pandya. Because a Pandya who doesn't bowl will sort of not give you the same uh, balance, right? Because mm. you have a really good spinning uh, contingent. You have Ravichandran Nashvin, Ravindra Jadeja, Ravindra Jadeja is a definite starter. So, it will be one of Rahul Chahar and Ravichandran Ashwin, and in the best-case scenario, both of them, right, in the eleven. That means you will probably go with two fast bowlers anyway, in just with Brumra and Mohamed Shami. These two are my starting fast bowlers. But then, if Hardik Pandey can bowl, that's where the balance comes from. Otherwise, you are forced to include another full bowler like Bhuneswar Kumar. Look, Bhuneswar Kumar can bat, but probably that balance is lost. That's the reason why I believe they have chosen him. But Remains to be seen. You know, Before we go into some other stories, Kohli has decided to step down as the India T20 captain as well as the captain of RCB. We already discussed that. But what are your thoughts then? Who might be the next captain for at least T20s in India? And then even in the bigger picture?
1: Well, the first one is quite obvious, right? Rohit Sharma, his deputy currently will probably take over the T20 uh, captaincy. I don't know about the ODI captaincy though. He might still want to uh, captain Indian team in the next World Cup 2023. Mm-hmm. But looking at the bigger picture and if Kohli does decide to step down as test captain, we have Ajinkya Rahane provided Ajinkya Rahane retains his place in the squad. Uh, notwithstanding his uh, poor batting form of late. Although he did you know, score those vital innings uh, in England as well, but not many people remember that because uh, he's not been performing consistently enough. So there are some options. The, the Indian squad we have to remember that it's rather young. If we you leave aside the bowlers, the other uh, batters or the all-rounders are rather young. I don't know. I mean, Rishabh Pant could be a captain of the Indian team. I think he's touted to be the next captain anyway in the long run. Maybe he, he, how old is he? I think he's only twenty-three. He might need another five, six. Twenty-four. Years international... I think 23, 24. Yeah, he might need another another five or six years of international experience. Let's I mean, let's be honest. He's not another Graham Smith. Right. Um, or Jason Holder. You don't want that. No, you don't want that for Indian cricket. Indian cricket no. doesn't need that. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we need, we, we probably need uh, somebody like, uh, I, I don't know, even KL Rahul. He is now part of all the three squads, right? So he did quite well in England in the test, uh, uh, test series. So I think he can take over the captaincy if he's ready. That's another question, of course. But the other big news that we have to mention right now with regards to Indian cricket is uh, Rahul Dravid, who will take over the head coach role from Ravi Shastri after the T20 World Cup. At least for the home series. I think uh, he will be there for two years. I think he has signed a two-year contract. Some of his protégés uh, while he was at the NCA or while he was the coach of under-19 and Indian a- India A-teams are now in the uh, international squad. So, Do you see anybody there from uh, his uh, yeah, young guns?
0: Well, they're all there, right? Hardik Pandya, you have uh, Pant.
1: Yeah,
0: and Shubmangil.
1: Uh, gill Freya
0: Sire, Prithvi Shah. They're all his wards. Right? Yeah. They're all did, his kids. Did.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's nice to see that, you know, he's finally accepted. Probably the time was ripe that somebody like him took over. I don't see him doing it for too long, but maybe he may get multiple stints. But I see him doing it for at least three, two to three, even four years this time. If, you know, he has the right. Let's say approach. He's not going to be as headmasterly strict as Kumble, and he will let probably the captain do his thing and still make sure the team ethos is driven by culture of hard work and you know uh, dedication. This is going to be there. So I, I don't see too much of an issue. That's great.
1: He might be and, more like
0: Gary Kirsten, I think. Yeah, somebody like a backroom, uh, you know, yeah. backroom power rather than he. be seen. I hope
1: there are no untenable differences uh, during his tenure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if the if it becomes tenable or not eventually, right? So yeah. we, we are going to know, see it. But knowing the maturity that this guy has brought to everything he's done so far, there is no uh, there is no reason to doubt he'll do this job as well equally well. Correct? We'll we'll keep it to that. And what surprises me is the choice of um, Paras Mahamre as the uh, bowling coach. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a very uh, decorated cricketer and spoken of in a very you know very nice way by everybody, but. I think Bharat Arun is the real power behind what this Indian team fast bowling contingent is. I thought, right? The way he has uh, sort of inspired confidence in these uh, young charges. I don't know if probably it's also time to move on the board field. So he's been appointed as the bowling coach, but uh, the batting coach, Vikram Rathor, will remain.
1: Yeah, but Paras right? Mamre is uh, Rahul Dravid's trusted le- uh, lieutenant. You have to say he was ah. with him since the under 19 days. And the kids who are now coming up, uh, like Shivam Mavi or Kamlesh Nagarkoti and uh, probably also Umran Malik. Um,
0: Umran Malik, Avesh Khan. Yeah. Yeah, So
1: these are all um, his uh, students, in a manner of speaking. Um, Mm. So I think he knows those bowlers as well, quite well. Uh, The only thing is uh, what additional value is he going to add uh, to the careers of uh, somebody like Bumrah or Shami, who are probably now in their peak. Shami, I think, is thirty plus, right? So, Burma is not yes, yet touched yes, thirty. Yes. Um, so, we have to see that. And Ishan Sharma, I think, he's he's the other key person in the Indian bowling squad when it comes to Test. And how is he going to be handled? He's now played hundred Test matches for India as a fast bowler. Amazing. Yes, anyway, yes, it is very interesting to see all these appointments. Uh, we'll only see the true nature of or the true effect of this once India start. Uh, you know, training under him after this uh, T20 World Cup. So I look forward to that, and I'm pretty sure, as you just said, you know, Rahul Dravid will make a positive difference. And I even saw Michael Wan co- you know, sending out a tweet saying, "World beware! Rahul Dravid is the, now the official coach of India after the series after the T20 World Cup." So everybody is expecting big things. Uh, I too am uh, look forward to that.
0: Speaking of your uh, favorite commentator, I think Michael Wan, let's take.
1: Who? Well, no. <laughs> Michael
0: no, I see. He's he's often the most, uh, let's say, hated. No, outrageous. Uh, outrageous. That's what we hear, right? So, but anyway, um, it reminds me of the English squad. So, England have chosen a strong contingent to be traveling to Australia for the ashes. Well, given the conditions that, you know, they don't have Jofra Archer free and Ben Stokes was withdrawn uh, himself. So, it looks like they have chosen a good contingent, David Milan. It must be said he made good use of the opportunities he got in the last couple of tests at home. And so he's made the squad. The rest of it is not very surprising. If anything, look, Dom Bess has also been chosen along with Jack Leach, right? There were other names that were uh, sort of bandied about. But the fast bowling lineup pretty much picks itself Anderson, Broad, Robinson. And you will need Vokes as a cover for Anderson and probably... One or two other bowlers, which was going to be Mark Wood, out and out pace on certain Australian pitches, that would be an addition, good addition. And then you'll mm-hmm. have Craig Overton, who's sort of a backup, right? Then batting is also in decent hands. But again, it looks a little thin on paper. Batting, Absolutely. I still think Hasi hamid has made a decent return. And this winter is going to be a real test for me, because it's a different thing playing even good bowling. Indian bowling is very good, but uh, playing this bowling at home versus... Facing Mitchell Stark, uh, Hazelwood and Cummins in Australia is a completely different kettle of fish, must be said, right? Because yeah. they are playing at home, right? right. And I, I have a feeling Rory Burns, Zach Raleigh and Ollie Pope, even to an extent, David Malan might struggle because you have Butler and Berstow who will sort of hold up. But what what were you thinking?
1: But Who else do you have? I mean, is this the best they've got? I think so. Because I we, we sure saw is. back in India they they won that match I think the first match where was it played first mm-hmm. test match Chennai Chennai yeah so the two test matches yeah. and then after that they basically went downhill and if you saw what happened also in England they could have lost the first test match against uh, India and then they you know weather played a part and then it was a draw they did not look convincing even in their win I have to admit so this batting lineup it can only click once in a while it's not consistent
0: oh they led. Uh... Jorot to make huge runs.
1: Yeah, they cannot always depend on Jorot. And thanks yeah. thanks to him, they are able to, you know, put up their head a little bit. Otherwise, they would be drowning. And somebody like Rory Burns, I think is, is not done well enough, uh, to be honest. But I think that's that's the best they've got at the moment. Or probably somebody yeah. who is actually willing to travel and be in a bubble. I don't know if a lot of people actually want to do that. And, you know, considering Australia is in constant lockdowns, snap lockdowns now and then. But, you know, the bowling lineup is in fact very good, I have to admit. That's that's uh, the good part. Hasib Hamid is going to be more of a blocker, right? Somebody like uh, Cheteshwar Pujarov is going to block and you need somebody like that. But in Australia, you have to score runs. If you don't score runs, it's very difficult because I think after two or three days, the pitch becomes quite good for batting and then fourth and fifth day will be good for the slow bowlers. In Australia, you need to score runs, uh, not like in England. In England, I think you can have very closely fought Um, low-score games as well, but it's going to be very different in Australia. And I have one question for you. Will this be James Anderson's last Ashes, do you think?
0: I would like to think uh, this is going to be his last Ashes. He has probably one more home season, if he wants, but I can't see him play Ashes in 2023. So, uh, I would like to say this is going to be his last Ashes, but come on. That guy has done everything that needs to be done and more so if he if he has earned the right to go into the sunset even when he chooses so he chooses does he have to, a knighthood
1: you know, yet does he have a knighthood yet James it will Johnson.
0: be given it'll be given probably in this uh year's christmas honors list probably or yeah. depending on when he retires probably next year's <laughs> list if he retires, right? yeah. it's going to be sir jimmy shortly come on yeah. right we all know that we see that the t20 world cup is going to have drs for the first time because the last time t20 world cup was held 2016 DRS was not a you know a steady fixture in all tournaments, so this is great to see. We will get the mm. chance now. As far as you know, at least getting one of those howlers in each uh, innings out of the way, this can be used that way. Mm. Um, I don't want to end on a disappointing note, but you know, if you are an India cricket fan, the Indian women's results left a little bit of a bad taste in the mouth towards the end because the way they competed, they played really well, but they couldn't really. Win more than one game, and the end scoreline was not at all, uh, not at all flattering to them because they lost the T20 series as well, having lost the one-day series and only drawn the test. 11-5 is really not a nice scoreline if you look at it. Gary.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, it, it's a bit of a challenge uh, for the women team as well. Women's team as well. They have not played a lot of cricket, have they, compared to the the men's cricket team? No, and no. No. no, so they probably were a bit short on match play. I think they, 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 they you cannot really simulate these things, right? So I think we were talking off air about not being able to bowl according to your field, right? So they probably lost one of the games uh, with because of the reason. So you don't have a strong offside field, and you keep bowling off outside the off stump, you'll get, you probably will get uh, whacked through that region. So, but yeah, I mean, it's a bit disappointing. I, I, I happen to catch, I think, a, a small passage of play in that first T20 they played played in Darwin I forgot where it was yeah so I think it was washed out the Indian team they were looking quite good they played I think 12 overs or something and Jemima Rodriguez was very fluent she was playing very nicely and they were poised to score a big total Uh, and they could have put Australia under pressure but they couldn't unfortunately the match uh, wasn't abandoned maybe if they had continued and had won that match things could have been different but yeah, who cares? I mean, we cannot talk about uh, imaginary things here. But in the end, they were not good enough. I think Australian team is quite good. We all know they have superstars oh, yeah. like Alice Perry. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the captain herself is quite good. Look,
0: this Australian team is miles ahead of yeah. every other uh, women's cricket team out there. Bar maybe England and to an extent New Zealand on their day probably. Mm. But everybody else they're going to beat. But given how well they had actually competed, you probably you are probably right. You know, if that won the first T20, probably things would have been different because that point the scores would have been leveled. That is already a big deal, right? But being able to not clinch even a single game because the second was a very clinical finish by Australia and the third one was where they lost it because of either miscommunication between the bowlers and the captain or not bowling day fields. That at the highest level is unacceptable because you could always say you know if this tour was held after the BBL, they would have done a better. Uh, performance; they would have given a better credit for themselves. But look, it's not that black and white. You have to try and win, finish off games. But you know what? The Indian team in the late 80s and 90s had this problem, even up to early 2000. So this is probably just a natural growth pattern for some of the teams. And they're going to overcome this. And I, I, heard the, I heard the commentators say multiple times, if the BCCI were to actually hold women's IPL regularly, even with four or five teams to start it off, in two to three years, there will be a completely different Indian women's team that will be taking the field. That discipline, that commitment, and that continued, as you say, touch with cricket gives a completely different focus and gives a completely different outlook even for all cricketers. Right? We saw the revolution that IPL brought about for the Indian men's game. I think it's a repetition, but it's time BCCI it brought up a Indian women's T20 league as well. So, let's see. Now then, those are all the points that we would uh, want to discuss in this episode. So... We would like to once again thank all our listeners for staying uh, with us. And we do hope you are going to stay tuned as well as, um, you know, contribute through chat and other messages, maybe or interact with us on Twitter. So we would like to always interact with our listeners. So we are looking forward to that. Uh, Plenty of interesting uh, stuff coming up, Giri. From 2060, we'll have the T20 World Cup, the main phase at least.
1: Yeah, a lot of cricket coming up in the next few weeks at least. So it will keep us uh, hooked. I guess. But we'll probably have a lot of things to discuss as well. May the best team win. We don't know that yet. We'll see that during the first week. Look forward to another World Cup. I think it'll be nice. Having said all that, it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from him. Bye-bye. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.